Welcome to Love and Power, An Unexpected Gift by author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Join us for this Women Inseparable study as we learn what it means to be filled with love and power. Here's Jacqueline. We are doing a, an amazing study called Love and Power. Love and Power, An Unexpected Gift. We've been talking about our love for God the Father. And we spent time with God the Father, blessing God the Father, the very Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we found ourselves falling in love with God just a little bit more. We spent time with the very name of Jesus Christ, the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ. We've been practicing the sound of the name of Jesus on our tongue. Have you practiced the, the sound of Jesus? Sometimes Christians get together and we're so used to being with our Christian friends and family that we forget to even talk about the name of Jesus. And we proclaim what good things God has done. We proclaim what amazing things we learned in Bible study and what pastor had said. And we walk around the name of Jesus. May we practice always always proclaiming the name of Jesus in our minds, in our hearts, on our tongue, in our life, in our marriage, raising our children, raising our grandbabies, going to work, talking to our neighbor, do I need to go on? Say the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. When you are alone, there's power in the name of Jesus. When you are heartbroken, there's power in the name of Jesus. When you are so filled with joy, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is never not power in the name that is above all names. In our study called Love and Power, an unexpected gift, we get to talk about prayer, we get to talk about Bible reading, and we get to talk about fasting all in one. And there's been a couple of questions over the first few weeks of the study of, um, so fasting? Just wait. Just wait. And the last couple of weeks, there's been no question about fasting. We've been so busy falling in love with God and falling in love with Jesus and falling in love with the very presence of the Holy Spirit of God that the, the technicalities of fasting has been put on the, the back burner a little bit. Today we're going to talk about fasting. We're bringing fasting into our relationship with our God. Are we ready? Are we ready to receive a truly unexpected gift? When we get into this study, and this study, my prayer, this study right here will carry you through the six weeks that are sitting before us. That Matthew 6, we're going to be in Matthew 6 today. As we're in Matthew 6, that this chapter for some of us may be where we sit for the next six weeks. That's not going to be what we teach in Women Inseparable over the next six weeks, but it may be what you and God focus on over the next six weeks. If this is what God has for you, will you stay there? Be willing to put what you're reading in Bible aside to spend time with Jesus in Matthew 6. This is my request. If you're talking to God and you're like, Matthew 6 for six weeks, I don't know. And God says, no, you and I, we're doing a thing in James right now. Let's stay in James. Then by all means, peek into Matthew 6 while we're together as girls and you and Jesus stay where you and Jesus are. Sound good? We're going to bring in Matthew 6 and we're going to bring in a question. And the question is, what is your why? What is your why? Heavenly Father, 
Lord God, you've given us so much and you promise us so much. You've promised us so much. Every day, every day we receive your mercy. Every day we receive your grace. Every day we receive your breath. Every day we receive your love. Every day we get to live every moment in your presence. Oh, your gifts are abundant. Father God, as we look at Matthew 6, we see that your rewards are abundant. I pray that we will do what we do with you for your reward. May we seek May we seek after what you have for us on an individual level. Father God, your rewards never cease. They never stop and they are not defined. I think that's the most beautiful thing about your promise of your rewards for us. They're not defined. They're not put in a box. They're not only received in certain seasons, they're received always, just as you are our God always. I pray that you'll open our eyes, open our eyes to you, open our eyes to your reward, open our eyes that we may seek after you above all things. Father God, I pray that you will silence my words, and I pray that I won't be up here as a teacher of my knowledge, but that I'll be up here as a speaker of your scripture. I pray that your word will be spoken, that your, that your reward will be here within us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is 34 verses in it. These 34 verses, we're going to look at the first one and we're going to look at the ending of this chapter. What happens in between, we'll find out as we go. Spend some time in Matthew 6 as a group today and individually with your God later this week and go where God has you to go. When we pull back from Matthew 6, it's obviously right in the middle of Matthew 5 and Matthew 7. That's how math works. <laughs> I don't do numbers. I fail numbers terribly, but I know that. I know how to count 5, 6, 7. If you erase those digits, because when they were spoken, they had nothing to do with digits. And when it was written originally, there were no digits. It was the words of Jesus Christ, which is exactly what we're looking at. It's Jesus Christ preaching his message to those who were hearing. And over and over and over and over and over, Jesus always says, blessed are those who have ears to hear. Let them hear. Blessed are those that have ears to hear, let them hear. Jesus says over and over, blessed are your ears, let them hear. May we hear what God is saying to us, not only as a group, but more specifically in your throne room, you and your God, the very father of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, have ears to hear what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying in this message in Matthew 5 and Matthew 6 and Matthew 7, what he is saying is there was a way. Today's a new way. There was a law. Today's a new love. There was a function of life, a way to have offering, a way to do sacrifice, a way to follow God Almighty. Today, today is new. This is what his whole message is about. You have a question literally about anything. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 will say, I know, I know what the past said. I know what religion said. I know what the old way said. But behold, I have come to make all things new. 
and whatever answer you're asking God for, if you start with his new commandment to love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, make that the very answer to your question. And you say, but I need more than that. God will give you more than that if you start there. And I don't know what your question is. We all have questions. We all have questions. Those deep questions, those quiet questions, those questions that often start with, but why God? We all have a question. And if we can step away from our question and answer it specifically with, I love you, God, with all my heart. I love you, God, with all my soul. That is my answer. And from there, I'll grow in you. And there I'll grow my answer and you, I will widen my hands and receive the reward you have for me for the question that I have. Does that make sense? This is why the reward that Jesus talks about over and over and over, Jesus says over and over and over, do this, I will reward you. I have this for you to do and do this because I have a reward for you. I have a reward for you. I have something for you, but he never defines what it is. Isn't that fascinating? Everything about God is defined in scripture. God has how many names? There's definition of all things about our God, about our Jesus, about our Savior, about the very kingdom of God. Matthew 13 tells us all things about the kingdom of God. Whether we understand it or not, it tells us exactly what the kingdom of God is. Everything is defined, but his reward, his reward when we pray is not defined. But I can tell you, I know what it is. I know what my reward is. I don't know what your reward is. And I pray that you do. Some of us know. Some of us have been like, I got that. I want to tell one little story. One little story. And God will bring out more and more stories over the next couple of weeks, I have a feeling. But I want to tell this one little story, and I'm going to try my hardest not to say the name that is connected to this story. But if I slip, I'm asking publicly to the girl that I'm not looking at in this room, forgive me. We had a challenge once upon a time in Women Inseparable. Our challenge was to spend one hour alone with God. One hour alone with God. This is our challenge. And if you have the Love and Power workbook, you'll see that challenge in your, in your book for this week as well. This particular woman has been with Women Inseparable for a while, has done our studies, and has done the past studies in between that are available online. One study she refused to do, however, was our old original three years ago prayer and fasting study. She tells me the story over lunch. She says, I refused. I did all the studies. I've listened to all of our studies, did not do the prayer and fasting because I kind of love food. <laughs> Valid. So she refused. One day during one of our studies, a couple months ago, a couple, couple seasons ago, um, I was on vacation. I was not here in this chair, and I did not call Gina to cover for me. So Gail prayed over what video to share, and she shared a video that God laid on her heart. It was week three of our prayer and fasting study, shared for all to see. This girl sits here, after having a very detailed conversation with God beforehand, I've done it all. I'm not doing the prayer and fasting. And she sits in the middle of a study 
and listens to the prayer and fasting study. The prayer and fasting study gave a charge. Spend one hour with God. Spend one hour with God. That's it. That's your fasting. She tells me over lunch with tears in her eyes. It was the most amazing hour I've ever had. It's where the study that we're doing right now, it's where our study came from. Her terminology of an unexpected gift is the very title of our study. When we spend time with God in prayer and scripture and fasting, we receive the very reward that God has for us. And it's not described and it's not defined because you and God are so individual and me and God are so individual and you and God are so individual that our rewards cannot and will not look the same. But the quantity of his reward is so personal and so individual that all you can do is sit there with tears in your eyes and awe saying that that was an unexpected gift. You can't define the reward that God gives. It's that privacy and it's intimate and it's so you want to just store it into your soul because it changes everything. It changes everything. Only the reward of God can do this. So what's your why? What's your why? As we talk about prayer and we talk about scripture reading, we talk about fasting, we talk about three and one, what's your why? If you do not have a why, then take what we study, take it as knowledge, let it sit, let the spirit take it where it needs to go. Sometimes we hear a message and we're like, nah, that was good. Not your season, not your time. If it is your season, it is your time, ask yourself, what's my why? What's my why? Find your answer. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 1. Jesus begins this portion of his reward with a warning. Keep in mind, this is the very voice of your Savior. This is the very voice of Jesus. I always struggle with reading the words of Jesus with my voice out loud. I pray you hear the voice of Jesus upon your heart. Jesus says to me, Jesus says to you, beware, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people. Did you hear Jesus's words? Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward, not a little of reward or a small reward. He says, you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Before he talks about the rewards that he has for you, he says, beware of practicing your righteousness before men. Because when you practice your righteousness, your good works, your gifts, your talents, your abilities before men, I'm telling you right now, you will receive a reward from man. You always will. You always will. It doesn't matter what you do. You do something, if, even if you do something with a good heart. May I use you? Gina filled in my chair last week. She, she laid her righteousness before the throne of God in front of you guys last week. She received a reward from girls in this room last week. Did you not? I've heard. I've heard rewards that you received, words of thank you, words of this is what happened to my heart, this is what you taught my head. Those are rewards. 
you serve food to somebody, and I can't go deep into this because I'm not experienced in this, but some people say that when you make food and you give it to people, people will be like, thank you, that was the best thing I've ever eaten. Apparently, some people say that. <laughs> I don't know. People get up and lead us in worship week after week after week, and they play instruments, and they do amazing things, and we see them, and we, as the recipient of their righteousness, reward them. It's not wrong. It's not right. You will always offer reward to other humans, and you'll always receive rewards from humans. It's right. It's biblical, actually, to do that. You will always receive a reward from others. The problem that comes with that is sometimes we receive those rewards and we let them sit inside of us. And we say, oh, oh, that reward felt good. Instead of saying, filling in my righteousness before the throne of God felt so good. Instead of focusing on your righteousness before God, your prayer time with God, your fasting time with God, instead of focusing on what you're doing with God, you take the reward from man and say, oh, that reward from man felt good. Does that make sense? We've seen a churches struggle with this, haven't we? And you go to a church and you're like, ooh, that was all for eye service. Beware. We've seen pastors do this. Men of God who stop preaching the word of God or they continue preaching the word of God, but they do it so they could receive reward from man. And you're like, the truth that you just spoke was good, but something is not right. Trust your instinct on that, friend. You in your chair Sometimes we find ourselves practicing our righteousness for the reward of others. Evaluate your heart. Be so honest with God. Not all of us need, need this warning right now, but if one of us in this room needs this, if one of us in this study needs this warning reminder from Jesus Christ, will you spend time with your Jesus and say, God, God, I've let, I've let man's reward seep in. Help me. I have a friend who felt that seep in and she beautiful, beautiful gift of righteousness. And she would, she would share it week after week after week with her gift, with her talent. She told me, she says, the rewards that I was receiving, the verbal rewards I was receiving started filling my head and my heart so much that I was starting to practice my righteousness week after week after week. She says it was getting so tumultuous in my head that I stepped down like that's a love for Jesus isn't it she saw she saw the reward of man becoming addicting we get addicted to the reward of people because it feels so good hello social media we get addicted we get addicted to the rewards of humanity Jesus says, be careful to practice your righteousness for the rewards of others. Be careful. Heed this warning before he talks about what his rewards are. He says his rewards in verse two. He says, thus, when you give to the needy, 
And I know this is not a giving topic, but I do pray that we'll spend time with Jesus the way he is going in this dialogue. He says, do not practice your righteousness. And for to begin, he says, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, which means in times past, people did this, which is so crazy. Don't blow your trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. They got a reward from humanity. But when, when you give to the needy, do not even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Be so quiet. Be so much focused on Jesus Christ that you don't even, don't even think about it. And then he says in verse four, so that your giving may be in secret and your father, do you see these words? And your father who sees in secret will reward you. It's so important to learn how to receive a reward from God. And I wonder if that's why he starts with the act of giving before he talks about the rewards in prayer and the reward in fasting. I wonder if he starts with giving because it's so tangible. And we can literally practice in the act of giving. Some of us, when we give, it's easy. Like, oh, here. And we tell each other in innocence, sometimes, sometimes not in innocence at all. I gave this much money to that corporation. Or I don't do this because I give all my money to. And we just have dialogue, right? We talk finances. And we tell what we give. And we do this thing. Oh, I got this for so-and-so. And it just felt so good. Okay, reward from man. And maybe we can practice that. Some of us may need to start there. I want you, God. I want to learn how to receive your reward. I want to know what your reward looks like. I want to experience this unexpected gift. So the next time you ask me to give something, I'm not going to tell a soul. I'm not going to tell anybody. And I'm going to see what your reward feels like. For some of us, that's going to be so hard. If that's where you are, practice, practice that. And get your hands, get your hands wide open. Can I tell you that? Get your hands ready because his reward is abundant. Get your hands ready. In the matter of prayer and in the matter of fasting, Jesus says, and we're going to look at this more and more specifically, you and your God over the next week and over the weeks to come. Jesus says, when you pray, when you fast, don't do it for the eyes of man. When you pray and when you fast, do not do it for the reward of man. Don't do it. When you pray, Jesus says, pray to God. Don't you dare Think about anybody else that's around you. Don't do it. Sometimes when we pray, we get so nervous to pray out loud because we're so focused on the people that are around us. Oh, what if I don't pray the way they pray? Who cares? You're not praying for them. You're not praying for their agreement when you pray. Like, oh, I just prayed out loud and nobody said, mm-hmm, while I was praying. <laughs> Maybe I didn't pray correctly. And so we judge ourselves and we quiet ourselves and we refuse to pray out loud because we're wanting the reward from man, whether we say it out loud or not. We, when we get so intimidated to pray in front of other people because what if they don't think I prayed correctly? Can I tell you, it does not matter who cares. 
Who cares? When you pray, nobody else is in the room. I had to learn this in women inseparable years ago. I've been teaching to women since 2008. I just started praying publicly in women inseparable three or four years ago. I refused to pray out loud because I'm so, you, you girls have heard me pray. I get, I sound like a five-year-old. Every time I pray, I sound like a five-year-old. I feel like a five-year-old every time I pray. If I pray like that, God, in front of the ears of women, I'm going to be judged by them, God. So whenever I was a guest speaker anywhere, Bible teaching anywhere, I always asked a woman to open up as open in prayer. And I always asked somebody to close in prayer because I refused as a Bible teacher to pray out loud because I was scared out of my mind of what the other women would think. And then Women Inseparable started on Zoom in my own living room. Who else is going to pray? <laughs> stuck doing the praying. It does not matter. I'm testifying. I'm telling you, I had to learn this as a Bible teacher that it's okay to pray out loud because the only person that is listening to you, the only heart that you're talking to, the only thing that matters is you and God. It doesn't matter if there's another person next to you. It doesn't matter if there's dozens of people in front of you. It doesn't matter what is happening. You are praying to God and his reward is abundant. Have you felt the reward? And I, I pray this doesn't come out prideful, but I do pray out loud now before we study and after we study, have you experienced the reward of my intimacy of prayer publicly? It's so intimidating for me every time I have to pray out loud. Every time. I have to remind myself every time my girlfriends are not in this room right now. And I have to be real with my God. It's hard for me. Can I be honest? When you pray, don't pray for the rewards of others. Don't pray for the people that are in the earshot of you. Pray to God and let God reward that prayer. Let God be the rewarder of your prayer, not the powerful words in which you lay eloquently before the throne. I had a youth pastor who prayed like King James. These and thous. And every time he prayed, it was, it was eloquent. I loved when Mr. Pickering would pray. And I would just sit there and I would think, oh, that man should be praying out loud. He's so good. So I'd go in my prayer closet, me and God, and I'd practice. Thou, I couldn't even. I'm like, I don't even know. I don't know what I'm doing. So Jesus, <laughs> and I became five again. It works. Don't pray for the ears of others. Pray for God. Let God reward you. Fasting, when you fast, when you fast, do not fast for others. When you fast, do not fast for others. Do not do it for the reward of man. This is going to go on a deep level and God is going to take it where God needs it to go. I'm telling you right now, when you fast, you and your God, don't bring another person into that zone. Make it about you, make it about God and let God richly reward you. Don't bring others into it to the point that when we start growing our relationship with God through prayer, through scripture, through fasting, can I ask 
that you don't bring in a prayer request about others. Sometimes when you talk about prayer and when you talk about fasting, everybody is in different scales, right? Our relationship with God, we're all, we're all different. Our seasons in our own life are different in our prayer and fasting. Not all things that are said in this study are meant for all of us all at the same time. So if you are further in your relationship with God and fasting, stay where you are with God. Okay? Don't be like, oh, I've got I've to become a baby in Christ. Whatever it is, don't let Satan into this. Can I just ask that? Don't let Satan space. If what is said is not for you, don't give Satan space. Pray for the one that it's for. Deal? I'm asking that we learn how to do fasting as a relationship with God, not as a check mark, not as a church discipline. You know, we learn our disciplines of prayer and our disciplines of giving and our disciplines of fasting, and we know about it, but it's knowledge. I'm asking that we get completely removed from the knowledge of fasting, the rules of fasting, the how do you and when do you and why do you get rid of the knowledge of fasting and bring in the heart relationship with you and your God. That's what I'm asking. And if it's not sitting right or you're not ready, it's not sitting right and you're not ready. That's all there is to it. Don't let Satan in. When you fast, this is between you and your God, the very Father of your Lord Jesus Christ. It's led by the Holy Spirit, and those are the only people that are in this conversation, you and your God. Let's do scripture. Matthew 6, and it's so hard for me to not read every single word of Matthew 6, because every single word of Matthew 6 will grow each and every one of us in our love for God. It will. It just will. It's the whole point of this whole chapter. But here's how Jesus ends this. In Matthew 6, many of us are familiar with what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the lilies of the field and the beauty of the lilies of the field and how he takes care of the beauty of the lilies of the field. And yet we, as his prized creation, panic and worry and have anxiety about things. Have you ever experienced this? Whatever that thing is, something tangible becomes a consumption for us. We're human. We're like, but, but this thing is really big. Jesus says right here, I know that thing is really big. This is what Jesus is saying. I know that thing is really big. I know that. I know that. He says in verse 33, Jesus says, but, but seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. When we talk about praying, you and your God, you say, God, I have questions. I have questions. Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God. When we fast, we say, God, we have questions. We need to know how. We need to know why. We need to know when. He says, seek. Seek first the kingdom of God. When we're reading our Bible, we say, how do we do? Why do we do? Where should I start? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and seek first my righteousness. Seek 
seek first me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Seek, seek. And he says, all these things, all these things will be added to you. Jesus exaggerates always. He always says always. He always says forever. He always says everyone. He always says everywhere. Have you ever noticed that Jesus exaggerates everything? Jesus says, you seek first in your prayer, in your time in my word, in your time in fasting, you seek me first with all that is you, then all these things will be added unto you. I am not a prosperity speaker. Let me say that. I do not believe in prosperity preaching, and I'm sorry if I take an extra minute. I do not believe that prosperity preaching is biblical. Can I say that out loud? There are those, there are those, multiple those that take Matthew 6, that take prayer, that take scripture, that take fasting, and they say, you do that, then you will be A, B, C, D, E, F. And that is unbiblical. It is unscriptural. It is not the reward of Jesus because Jesus is not saying, I want your life on earth to be absolutely a abundant and wonderful. He says, I want your life in the kingdom of God to be abundant and wonderful. And I have rewards for you in the kingdom of God today that are going to blow you away. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and his reward in you in the kingdom of God will be amazing. Is that fair? for our fasting challenge because sometimes we want a start and if jesus if the holy spirit has laid on you where you're starting start right there and ignore any little tidbit sister advice that is coming from my mouth right now i have two things two challenges pick one pick both pick neither ready one as you are hearing this will you pray God is with us always. So right now, pray. God, can you please tell me a day this week that you want to spend with me? Just pray. God, will you give me a day, a day this week that you want to spend with me? Your next question, God, in that day, whatever day that was, God, will you tell me what hour you want to spend with me? Just one hour. God, what hour? Will you, if this is the challenge for you and God and your relationship to deepen it and grow it, to receive that reward of Matthew 6, will you put that day, that hour in your day planner now? And when a girlfriend texts you and says, can we do coffee? You say, nope, I'm busy. When you're talking to a doctor and you say, I've got to set an appointment. I've got this hour, this hour, this hour. Say, can't do that hour. God, I already have an appointment. Don't let anything get in the way of the time that your God, your God wants to spend with you. Participate. Challenge one. Challenge two. And this is in your book, an 11 power workbook. It'll describe it more. I'm going to go quickly. Challenge two. Pray for a day. Pray for a day. God, what day? Give me a day that you want me to be intentional. Whatever day that is, give it 24-hour time period. 
where every time in that 24 hour period, you pay attention to your hunger. Just, just, just evaluate. In those 24 hours, I'm going to pay attention to my hunger. And every time I'm hungry, before I go to the pantry, before I go to the refrigerator, before I go through the drive-through, wherever it is that you get your food, I'm going to ask God, God, I love you. Blessed be God. Blessed be God the Father, my Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, you died for me. You were buried, you rose again. And worship your God. And seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his righteousness. And then when you're done with that conversation, connecting your hunger whether you're hungry because you need food or you're hungry because you're tired or you're hungry because you're stressed out. Did you know hunger pains come for all three of those reasons? Every time you're hungry, every time that 24 hour period, you're hungry, instead of rushing to what it is that satisfies that hunger, will you stop and seek first the kingdom of God? Seek first his righteousness. And then when you're satisfied, I'm telling you, you'll notice your hunger pains are gone. And then go about your day. Eat. Sleep. Don't stress. Go about your day. And the next time that 24-hour period hunger comes, do it again. And practice, practice. Practice connecting those feelings of hunger with worship and seeking first the kingdom of God. It's just a challenge. It's not required. There are no rules. It's you and God. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your rewards. We thank you so much for being so personal. We thank you so much for loving us, for knowing us by name, for knowing the very tears that we've cried, the very hair on our head, the very worries in our hearts, the very thoughts on our mind, the very anxieties that overwhelm us, the very thing that sits before us, the very prayer that we ask, the very questions that we have no answers for. God, you know us so well. I pray that we'll sit before you, that we'll sit before you, whether it be for an hour or whether it be for a 24-hour time period, that we'll sit before you with open hands and open scripture and say, God, God, it's you. Above all else, I want you. Oh, Father God, may this be our prayer. May this be our heart of fasting. May this be our reason to open up your book to fall in love with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more Women Inseparable studies, check out our website at womeninseparable.com. Send your questions to womeninseparable at gmail.com.